Wednesday, June 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, for Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Gentlemen. Hey, Chris. How are you? Good Hello. to see you. Uh, we got a lot going on. We've got Verizon. We've got Scott's Miracle Grow. We are going to dip into the Fool mailbag, but we are going to start on Capitol Hill. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, testified this morning that he couldn't defend how a hedging strategy turned into a multi-billion-dollar trading loss, but that he is still skeptical of regulatory reforms. Uh, there's a lot of ways we can go with this, but Joe, just you know, we've seen a bunch of coverage in the media. What's your what was your general impression this morning as you saw the coverage of, of Mr. Diamond going to Washington? One, great hair. Still great. <laughs> Still great hair. A Still solid great. silver mane. Uh, number two, no real surprises. Of course, he was going to come out and say that he's still against regulation, but kind of, you know, tap dance around it a little bit. I mean, they did make mistakes, but to Diamond's point and part of the testimony, he said, you know, it's tough to draw a firm line between yeah. whether this was hedging or whether this was, you know, us trying to make money. And it was obviously a huge screw up. Of course, that line was $2 billion wide but yeah. very very wide <laughs> At least two. wide yeah. line uh but you know his, some of his comments on regulation were kind of pointed in that direction and in fairness you know the the volcker rule that's supposed to separate proprietary trading at banks sounds simple enough you know it's supposed to separate proprietary trading from you know commercial lending like you go and get a loan at a bank but in reality it's a lot more difficult than it sounds and that's yeah. why the rule is 289 pages long and it's being it's taken so long to be put into effect because no one can agree or understand or interpret what it's supposed to mean and how all the nuance plays out the bright line thing i mean that really that really matters because one of the things that they're trying not to do is to keep banks from doing something that would legitimately make the bank's balance sheet safer and there's no, there's no list of column A. It's not like a Chinese restaurant where there's column A that's good and you know column B that's bad because you you use these things uh, in combination with one another, and so you you know you you go farther and farther down the spectrum, and suddenly you are talking about things that are you know that are that are much more speculative. But there's there's no line, and and trying to figure out where it would be is it, it's no easy task. Uh, there were several. Interesting slash fun moments. Uh, one that caught my attention was when Diamond said, and I'm quoting here, our fortress balance sheet remains intact. Uh, and in response to that, uh, Senator Menendez from New Jersey responded, the fortress balance sheet has a moat that was dug by taxpayers. That was uh, a great comeback. <laughs> that was a good comeback. I mean, props to He Senator- was saving that up, I think. <laughs> he very well may have been. But so props to Senator Menendez uh, or his staff, whoever came up with that line. I mean, Joe, to be fair, J.P. Morgan got, got about $25 billion, um during the financial crisis. Um, Uncle Sam seems like... To- Seems like Uncle Sam has uh, a legitimate bone to pick here. Yeah, but J.P. Morgan, of all the banks on Wall Street, is one of the most responsible names out there. I'll also point out that J.P. Morgan guaranteed a U.S. government loan back in the early 1900s. So, you know, maybe they're even after that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Chris. The the early 1900s? (laughs) Yes, it was a long time ago. I was, I was, who was president of that? Was that the, was that the U.S. got uh, behind on beaver pelt futures and J.P. Morgan came in? <laughs> it's a long time ago. Look, I'm just saying there's a one for one. But no, I, yes, do I think these guys you know, should have a, some degree of humility, especially after this trading loss? Yes, but 
you know, it's not like these guys are criminals. And I know they, they're they easy to be painted that way, and it's a great way to score points with voters, but it's false. I don't know if this is in direct response to how Wall Street and investors were viewing Diamond's performance, but uh, so far, as of this taping, JP Morgan is one of the best performing stocks in the Dow and the S&P 500 today. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, yeah. you tell me, is that in response to yeah, Diamond? Well, I think investors, not so much with Diamond, I think people were expecting politicians to come out harder than they did and just be more critical and call for more stringent regulations yeah. or more you know, stringent interpretation of the Volcker rule, however it shakes out. And it didn't seem like that really happened. And Diamond didn't stick his foot too deep into his mouth at any point. So. You know, I think part of it was I, I think people re- recognize that there's a little bit of grandstanding going on, and two billion dollars sounds like a lot, and you know it is a lot of money. Uh, but when you put it in the context of J.P. Morgan's 130 billion dollar balance sheet, it's not a huge variance. I mean, it's it's bad, right? But it's mm-hmm. not a huge variance. And so for you know, so he was able to sit down and say. This was not fatal for us. This wasn't. This didn't even put us at risk, and and that's really important. Um, I mentioned the stock being up today. Bank of America stock also up today. You know, we we've talked about these big banks before: Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo. Um, uh, Joe, I think I know how you're going to answer, but I'll ask anyway. I mean, is yeah. is Goldman Sachs still the, the the horse that you're most interested in in this race when yeah. it comes to the big banks? Yeah, I mean, I love me some Goldman. You know, it's this firm that's been around for 143 years, survived 30 U.S. recessions, selling a 25 to 25 percent discount to Tangible Book. And I know a lot of people question the validity of that Tangible Book, mm-hmm. its liquidation value, and that's fair. But that said, you're still buying at a discount to that. It's you know, conceptual liquidation value. That means you're getting all the assets that are most valuable, the people, brands, relationship free. Could things go wrong? Yes. But all things equal, the time where you want to buy banks is when they're selling at big discounts to book value. And that's the case right now. Bill, I know in your heart of hearts, you're a value investor. Do the big Wall Street banks interest you or do you look elsewhere for value? I just don't see where I don't see where the average investor has an edge. You know, it's it's it's. I mean, Joe is ex- is exactly right that you know on a uh, on a statistical basis, you need to try and buy them when they're trading below book. And the reason that you have to do that is because you don't know what's in that book. So if things blow up and you're buying it below book, it's almost like you're discounting away the potential for blowups. But uh, for for me, they just go in the too hard pile. Verizon announced that starting June 28th, new customers must choose among the all-new Share Everything plans that will share a set amount of mobile data access among up to 10 phones, tablets, devices, etc., guys. Uh, They all come with unlimited voice minutes and text messaging. Joe, I'm guessing that this was well-received when this plan was rolled out because shares of Verizon up a little bit this week. Um, at least uh, there there wasn't some sort of horrible. This looks awful reaction. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it was, yes, it was. Yes, Verizon did not come out. And, We're excited if, to announce these changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a late night email. Yeah. Uh, uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, I think you're happy if you're an investor. If you're a consumer, it's not so great. Uh, this is basically their way of aligning their revenue with their cost a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And in fairness to them, that's valid. Uh, the biggest cost point and squeeze for 
these uh, telecoms over the past couple of years, Verizon Wireless, your AT&T, your Sprint, has been data. And data usage on mobile phones and tablets has just exploded. And they've had to reinvest heavily in their networks. They can't keep up. Meanwhile, none of us are using our phones. Yeah. Uh, I checked the other day, and I now have – I use the smallest minute plan that AT&T offers, and I have two years' worth of talk time built up on my rollover minutes. Because I never use my phone. I could stop using it, and I have two you years' worth. You never call. I, I never do. <laughs> you never do. And, you know, with uh, with text, I mean, that's something that incrementally was a good profit engine for these guys before because there's no incremental expense for yeah. them to, to fire them through. But now, you know, Apple's done a workaround with iMessage. Yeah. So if I send a text to my wife, we're both on AT&T, it actually doesn't count as a text message because it just goes straight through Apple's system. And, you know, that's just ripping away something that, you know, they're not going to charge you for this going forward or Verizon won't, at least under the certain plan. But, you know, maybe in a few years they wouldn't have been able to charge you anyway. So they're kind of getting out in front of that. Shares of Scott's miracle grow down more than 10% this morning on some huge trading volume. The company said it would fall short of its full-year guidance. Uh, they should have fertilized the stock. <laughs> Joe, I mean, what do you make of this? I mean, they, they, they are essentially blaming this on slowing demand and poor weather. Now, it seems to me like we've been talking for months now about the weather getting warmer earlier. Yeah. That would seem like it benefits a company like Scott's miracle Girl because more people are out there gardening. Yeah, we generally don't like to let people off the hook with the old, it's the weather excuse. But in this case, weather does have something to do with it. And I suppose the rationale is that because we had warmer weather earlier this year, some of the revenue they'd make later in the year got pulled forward. More into the numbers, they made some bad hedging moves, and that's going to be hurting their margins over the next year. And that's also hitting them. And so also... J.P. Morgan is not the only one with a bad hedging Yeah, J.P. Morgan yeah. runs their hedge book. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you maybe be fact checked for that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think they just made a screw up on hedging and they overestimated demand, and that's going to pinch them. But you know, it is a strong franchise. I think it's the kind of business that you do want to buy when there are short term price squeezes. And when you look back over its history, you know that happens. Input costs go up; they can't pass through. You know, price increase right away, and that's usually a good time to buy because the stock takes a dip. So, if you're a long-term investor, this might be a nice time. Bill? I, I think one thing to remember is that we, unfortunately, are looking this at this through the view of how the weather has been here, and it hasn't necessarily been the case across the country. But they have. I mean, I'm offended that you think I can't think about every major weather <laughs> pattern in the U.S. at the same time. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry you're offended. <laughs> uh, the thing that you have to remember about Scotts, it's it's actually a fairly high ticket uh, service and uh, you know and, and products. And so one thing that I would worry about is that uh, that consumer spending is going down, and you know a very easy place for people to cut would be you know high end fertilizers and and lawn services. So. Yeah, the weather was probably not ideal for them. There has been a lot of rain, and so you know, my yard, for example, has looked like Ireland. You know, <laughs> so I haven't felt the need to you know to, to to go out and fertilize. You know, so data, which is actually uh, you know really just an anecdote, but um, I do wonder if you know if if the uh, continu- continued pressure on consumers has has had an impact with them. You know, you give me crap about 
focusing on local weather, and then you use your own yard. As that was anecdote. really local. Yeah, but at least he couched it by saying it was an anecdote. Well, yeah. to backtrack on my earlier point about how I'm interested in the stock, <laughs> to add to something that Bill said, uh, they do have a lot of debt at Scott's, and that's something that's a fairly recent pickup for them. So it is a little bit of you know a troubling issue, and you start to see margins come back a little bit, and with the amount of debt they've got piled on now that they didn't have a couple years ago, so it might if we do run into a big recession, you're going to see earnings take a pretty good hit. Yeah, but they're not they're not anywhere close to their covenants or anything like that. No, right? no. Yeah. You can always drop us an email. Radio at fool.com is the way to get in touch with us. Uh, email from Justin Russell in, uh, in I believe, California. Um, uh, on our conversation yesterday, Joe, about Siri, uh, Justin writes, I feel the irritation with Siri. My brother and I own a tow truck company, and it would be great to be able to make reminders while driving, but it seems I always end up having to stop and correct whatever it is she thinks I said. Hopefully, they'll figure it out soon. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. I mean, it's one thing if you're just in your house and you're, you know, doing asking whatever. But in this case, it's a it's a, a guy trying to run a business. How entitled have we become? I mean, this is <laughs> eight months ago. This was the greatest technology ever. Now you don't understand me. Well, <laughs> well, technology. Yeah, but in fairness, <laughs> if you know, if if Apple's going out there saying, "Oh, all you have to do is just ask Siri and she'll tell you the answer." And she's <laughs> constantly getting it wrong. I think that's a legitimate complaint. Give her a shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if the marketing is people walking down the street in a major urban center and they're giving Siri commands and then you're trying to use it in your car and it doesn't work, you got a beef if that's why you bought the phone. Yeah. Uh, Justin goes on to write, uh, also, I could use some specific advice. I was playing in a memorial golf tournament named after my dad and ended up getting a hole-in-one on the $25,000 hole. I'll be getting the wow. chip. Wow. Yes. This uh, is interesting on so many levels. I know. Are you allowed to take the prize if your dad is the uh I think so. Does yeah. that the money come secret? away from his dad's? Whatever charity cause. Oh, he's keeping the money, isn't he? Uh, well, he, he goes on to write. He I'll, continues. I'll be getting the check this week, and while the government is taking uh, around 30 to 40% payable now or next April, and I'll be paying off some personal debt and making a down payment on a second tow truck, it looks like I'll have about $2,500 that I'd like to invest. I'm 30 years old. This is the first money I've ever invested. I have lots of risk tolerance. So I don't mind being aggressive, and I'm looking at the long term. I appreciate your help. Keep up the good work. Justin Russell, Mountain Valley Towing and Transport. Uh, first of all, credit to Justin for, you know, instead of just— Well played. Instead of just, well, one, for hitting the hole-in-one. Two, instead of just taking the money and going to Vegas, he's paying down his debt. You know, he's investing in his business. You know, that, Heck we, yeah. We love yeah. to see that stuff. Um I know we can't, you know, give him specific advice in terms, you know, in the way that uh, a financial advisor could. But, yeah. you know, Joe, I'll just start with you. Someone in that situation, just starting out, long time horizon, what are some areas he should be looking into? Well, I think it's just your standard tow truck entrepreneur who <laughs> hits a hole-in-one <laughs> prize at a memorial that they're It's a parents. classic story, really. It really is. So I think this is pretty general advice. Uh, but, yeah, kidding aside, we, we're not allowed to give specific personalized advice because of SEC regs. But broadly speaking, what I would say someone in that situation is, just from a personal finance angle, make sure you've got some cash stowed away. Uh, at the pool, we typically recommend people have two to three months worth of cash expenses set aside. So let's just kind of assume you've got that done beyond that. Um, That's great that you want to get invested. Now is definitely the right time. Uh, I would lean towards something like a Roth IRA, 
where you could put the money in and not have to worry about ta- paying taxes on your gains later. Uh, you might want to look at an index fund, which is a nice, low-cost way to instantly diversify. If you're thinking about individual stocks, you know, I would go with a couple. I mean, that's enough money that you could spread over two, maybe three stocks. And put it in companies that you understand, you're familiar with, use the products, and pay a lot of attention to them and realize that you're going to need to diversify away from those over time. Obviously, someone who has a big portfolio doesn't want to have all their money just in two stocks. But just as a starting point for an investor, I think that's okay. Joe, 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 (laughs) Joe. This guy is 30. (laughs) He's got $2,500, and he wants to invest. He wants to learn how to learn about investing. He needs to become a student of business. And he's obviously got his, tow, his, his towing company. So he, he knows from a business front, he needs to buy one stock, I think with $2,500. Because if something happens to that $2,500, he has a huge amount of earning period in, in front of him. And he needs to learn about investing. And, and you know what Warren Buffett says is he, he keeps you know very few eggs in a basket, but he watches the basket very closely. So with $2,500, I would find a company that you're really interested in and and become a master at it. And you know, that's hard to do if you have an index fund because then you're just, you know, you're you're riding along with the uh, you know, with, with with the US economy, which is great, but it's kind of a macro thing. If you want to learn about investing, this is a this is, you know, as free of a shot as you will ever get to go and buy a company and become an expert at it. Well, I think we've all had this experience. I know it's certainly been the case with me that the more I understand a company, the more I know its business, yeah. the the much more likely I am to be really involved in it as an investor. Yeah. The stocks that have I've I've even had stocks where they've done well for me, but I just, you know, at one time it was a biotech stock that finally I just I just had to sell it cuz I'm like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> It's biotechnology. That's right. have, I'm, I'm going to pretend to be smart. I have more <laughs> healthcare. Yeah, I, he can figure out what the company is. I mean, something that he's interested in, and he'll just get to know it. And I think you're going to make better decisions down the road having having really, really learned about one business. I like that he's investing in the business. And if Mountain Valley Towing and Transport goes public, we got to we got to yeah. hop, hop on Absolutely. that up. Mountain Valley. I like the uh, the dichotomy there. We're we're up. We're down. Exactly. Bill Man, Joe Mager, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Fullery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I never knew that about J.P. Morgan and the beaver pelts. <laughs> What did he he say? The J.P. Morgan and the beaver pelts. (laughs) That was, oh, my God.